This podcast episode is brought to you by The Daily Cardinal, UW-Madison's longest-running independent student newspaper. I'm Gabby Vinick. And I'm Joe Mitchell. Your co-host for The Student Dive. A podcast where we speak directly to UW-Madison student reporters, editors, and Wisconsinites. We talk about the most pressing issues in our campus, city, and state communities. Let's dive right in. The coronavirus pandemic has brought hardships to all parts of life, and today we're talking about the effects it has on small businesses here in Madison and around the country. In March, Governor Tony Evers issued a stay-at-home order for the state of Wisconsin, directing non-essential businesses to close their doors for the time being. Many thought that we would return to business as usual in the near future, but eight months later, we are far from that. Under some county and city mandates, like the ones here in Dane County, businesses can operate, but only under limited capacity. This, along with economic stresses the pandemic has already put on people, like record job loss, has translated to local businesses having to close their doors permanently due to the pandemic. I talked to Ben Farrell, a staff writer with the Daily Cardinal, who recently wrote on the subject. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Um, I... I really haven't done a podcast before, so uh, I guess I'm making my format debut. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> what do we know so far about Madison businesses and the struggles that they're facing right now? I'd say that basically the main takeaway is that things have been hard already, but uh, things look like they're probably going to get harder. And local business owners also don't really know how they're going to make things any better. Um, so over the past few months, there's been like a pretty dramatic drop in revenue for almost every kind of business, uh, that I talked to. Um, and that is really tough to weather, especially if you're a small business. Um, and so that's just been affecting everybody across the board, especially of course, with a focus on, uh, food service. So bars and restaurants, especially downtown. This is pretty personal for people. How did you go about approaching some of the people that you interviewed for the story? So I actually ended up speaking with my former boss first. Um, I work or worked, I guess, uh, at Porter Bandit um, Cafe and Restaurant, uh, which is over on the west side, or not really over on the west side, but to the west of uh, downtown and to the west of campus. Um, I actually got laid off from that job along with a few other people. Um, so that gave me the opportunity to speak to my own boss and my own coworkers about their experience. And then kind of using what I learned there, I um, actually just walked around on State Street um, and tried to speak to people who it seemed like were open to speaking with me. Um, and I actually had great success with that. Um, people really, even though this is a really personal thing, nobody wants to, or nobody really feels ashamed, I guess, if that's the right word, because everybody knows it's sort of a shared experience and everybody knows that it's not in their control, right? For uh, the very first time, I think, it's, not, it's really not reflective on what you can do or what you even have been doing because to a certain extent, you can only have so many people coming to your restaurant and that is not the amount of money you're paying rent for. 
That is not the amount of people you hired. It is far less. That's, that's what I kind of learned, that it's been a mad dash to apply for government money, but then also that it's really, it's really like a collective, a collective loss thing here because no, nobody has found a way around it. And you mentioned you being laid off. That must have been hard. How did you, or what can we gather from other student experiences as well? I think that a lot of students even if they have help from their parents, rely pretty heavily on their work to sort of not only help their parents get them through college, but also just help themselves um, have like a high living standard during college. That's a best case scenario, right? So in the very best, in the very best world, right? You're losing your financial independence. And then at worst, a lot of people who work during college are working basically not only to put themselves through college, but basically to be able to survive. I think that, you know, up until now, it's been not that bad to find work in Madison. And like, you know, things are shutting down now, but if you really wanted to go out there and you were willing to work anywhere, right, you could find a job again. This winter, I don't know. It sounds like a lot of places, including the place I worked, but more and more other places are looking at seasonal closures. So um, I think that students that are trying to find work downtown are about to be put in a really financially precarious spot. And I think that that can like have ripple effects, not only in the fact that you're going to have to just cut down costs in your personal life, but it's just such a added level of stress. And for me, I have help from my parents as far as putting myself through school. I have money saved. So it wasn't just to reiterate, like a life or death situation for me, but it's definitely still discouraging and definitely just another thing to have on your plate when everything feels so insane. I think it's just, it's kind of hard to articulate the kind of effect it's gonna have on, on students, but along with financial insecurity, it just is like another reason why perhaps being in Madison feels more and more um, untenable, right? I, I just think that people are going to start going home at a certain point if they can't work um, and things really start to shut down again too, as we're seeing a pretty, um, not unprecedented, I guess, but um, scarily high second spike. Can you talk more about some of the businesses that you spoke with besides your former boss. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, so I spoke with the owner of B-Side Records, Steve Manley from B-Side Records. Uh, and then I also talked with um, Rob Bowen of August Retail Store, which is sort of a, um, it's a kind of higher end clothing shop on uh, State Street with pretty expensive stuff. I also spoke with uh, the leader of the Business Improvement District, um, but I'll, I'll talk about that later because uh, she doesn't actually run a business. Kind of the two, the two people I spoke to as, as State Street businesses that were not food related really talked about how State Street is becoming less and less of a destination during coronavirus, and that is having a very negative effect on... Uh, the business that they're able to do. I didn't cover that this much um, or this that much in the piece because, you know, you only have a very limited amount of time. 
both of those places, at least their in-store business is really contingent on people just having a leisurely stroll about downtown uh, and not being worried about any of the pandemic. It's sort of like still being willing to go into stores and kind of have nothing to do so that they're willing to make that leisure purchase downtown. Now, we still see people walking around, right? Like, it's not like Madison is a ghost town or anything. And if anything, it's like slightly a problem that people aren't wearing masks. But still, when you think about it, it's just not the same as it was before, even if there are quite a few people walking around. So a record shop, let's say, people are still going to be going in there. But Steve Manley said that his sales were down probably 20 to 30 percent. If you kind of put yourself in those shoes, your sales being down 20 to 30% in store over the course of however many months, that's going to have a really large financial toll on you, especially if you're like the sole proprietor of a business and you probably just pay yourself to work there. That 20 to 30%, it's got to come out of somewhere. So it might come out of your own salary. And then as far as the other store, August, Rob Bowen talked a lot about how important making a transition to online was. Um, and they have a pretty heavy Instagram presence and they try to market themselves in a very forward thinking way, which is not something that uh, uh, B-Side Records is engaged in at all. And so Rob talked about how it's been crucial for him to roll out his online commerce platform and then also market that pretty heavily through social media to try to make up the difference. but. Once again, he said he couldn't, and that in-store business being down as much as it is, it's a pretty tough situation. At the end of our conversation, he expressed defiance, I'd say, and, and seemed really set on staying open and seemed like, <laughs> he was like, I'm not gonna let this thing get me after all of, all of the stuff I've done to you know, keep this business open. I'm not going to let this pandemic get me. I, he said that multiple times. And that definitely resonated with me because in, in so many cases, these small businesses are real passion projects. I can't really even imagine having that taken away from you by something that's so completely out of your control. I know I touched on that before. That, that, that was, those were the two kind of like prevailing sentiments that th there needs to be a shift online if, if you're going to try and maintain your business because in-store business is down so low and that a lot of these small business owners feel almost cheated and <laughs> angry toward, toward the current scenario situation. Did you interview them before news of the promising results of the vaccine came out? I did. I did. Um, the vaccine was not a part of any of our conversations. And circling back to Gil Altschul, I think that that would have been most relevant in our conversation because he's an owner of... Uh, seven restaurants around town and so his businesses were even more harder hit than any retail business could be right because you can't have that shift online and in store in this very particular case means in restaurant and as you can imagine way more business is done in restaurant than is done straight up in the store he was the most worried about uh, capacity. Rather than having a 20 to 30 percent drop in revenue, he talked about in some cases 60, 70, or even 80 percent drops in revenue over extended periods of time. So he's closed five of his seven restaurants uh, indefinitely. Luckily for him, his family owns the buildings that they're in uh, 
not all of them, but most of them, he can kind of shutter the doors to cut costs and keep the business in existence. If someone like him is having this much trouble, right, who has his own real estate and seven restaurants, which most people never get to that point in the food industry, one can only imagine what somebody who's just started their restaurant in the past even five years uh, is probably going through. When we talk about the vaccine, that's most gonna be able to affect people doing indoor dining in close proximity. No, it did not come up at all, but it, it definitely it definitely came up with Gil in a abstract sense, right? Like he's like, well, a lot in a lot of ways, any any return to normalcy is gonna be contingent on a vaccine. Now we have this news, which is, obviously exciting yeah we didn't discuss it in your article you mentioned the combination of federal state and city level grants that were received by local businesses but how far did they go in terms of improving these state street and local businesses conditions and what do you think are the long-term implications for any lack of future assistance let's say rob bone was talking about it I think he said, you don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth and any money is great, which is true, I'm sure. You need money to sort of keep yourself afloat. Um, that said, I think that the highest, highest possible dollar amount that anyone I talked to was maybe in Gil's case, $5,000, right? For us, that would be a lot of money. But if you have 10 to 15 employees, at seven stores, $5,000 is going to be like a day of operating costs if, if, if every store is open. Rob Bowen expressed a similar sentiment. Super helpful. They're grateful for the money. The inconsistency of the grants, along with the fact that they're just not that much of a, they're just not that, it's not that much money. You can't shut your doors for a month off of $5,000. And because of that, it's great, but it, it doesn't feel like it's going to make the make the difference between life or death for a business. And, and that's kind of sad to hear, but that, that feels like the, the overwhelming sentiment among, among business owners. If there's not more government assistance down the line, I just think we're going to see more business closures. And if not business closures, temporary closures, because even if they have insurance or savings that they can pay rent on their store if their landlord is willing to give them rent forgiveness for months that they're not earning then that's one situation i think that people are not going to be able to pay rent and there's two big factors for madison downtown businesses right one we're in the coronavirus hotspot of the nation if the biden administration does some sort of largely sweeping coronavirus measures that lock us all down wisconsin's not going to be able to have the tavern league or anyone else lobby the state legislature to keep businesses, bars, and restaurants open, they will shut down. And so hopefully in that scenario, people would be able to get more money, but obviously that's a concern. And if for whatever reason, there's not a lot of grants at the state level, that could make things harder. And the second, the second big factor is that kids are leaving right now and kids are leaving in a lot of cases for two whole months, which does not happen very often. This actually came up when I was speaking with Morgan Dooley, who is a former employee at Colectivo on the Square, 
which recently shut its doors indefinitely, as I spoke about in the article. The absence for two times the amount of time that it usually happens uh, with all the lost football game revenue and all that stuff is just, it's just, I mean, I keep coming back to this, but it's just going to be way harder to weather for all these places that rely so much on the university as a source of income. And, you know, once that shuts down, the ripple effects are like kind of unimaginable, I'd say. Students are heading home, like you said, for Thanksgiving. So when they return, if however many return, some may choose to stay home, Hmm. we expect that even more businesses will be closed. Yeah, I mean, if not, once again, if not closed, then they'll probably have shuttered their doors for part of the winter. I would, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. And that's not to try and be pessimistic or anything. It just feels realistic at this point. And that, that, that's sad, but that's the harsh truth of the situation. I mean, look, when I talked to the, the head of the, the business improvement district, Tiffany Kenny is her name. She talked about there's a healthy vacancy rate in the commercial district. I think she said six to eight storefronts at a time are expected to be vacant. So what that means is there's turnover in small businesses. Not everyone's going to succeed. In fact, most people aren't going to be, you know, bang up successes in the realm of small businesses. If you apply that logic to these extremely extenuating circumstances, you're taking an already volatile business and then adding like 80% more volatility to it and taking away all of the profits. Yeah. And say, how could closures be avoided? Uh, Really, when you think about it like that. We're going to end the episode, hopefully on a positive note, with what can we do to support local businesses? Buy as much stuff as you can, really. That, that's what you can do. And then I would also say that you can tip anyone who's working because a lot of times people are getting their hours cut. Um, and the reason that they can keep that job is because they're getting increased tips. So those both definitely really help but yeah just keep patronizing the local businesses that you value and make sure that you support them um in whatever way that you can and it feels weird to 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 speak about businesses in the context of mutual aid but that is kind of what it feels like in a situation in which nobody can help themselves like groups of people have to help one another and that's what i'd say Nate Warnke is the owner and operator of Rockhound, a local brew pub here in Madison, who recently had to close their doors indefinitely due to the hardships caused by the pandemic. Nate and I discuss what it was like to own and operate a small business through the summer and what aid small businesses like his own might need to make it through the winter. That's an odd scenario. Um, the, the, you know, the spring kind of threw everybody for a loop and everybody had to go to to-go sales only. But when things opened back up enough to have capacity inside, and then we had a patio that we finally got built last year, summer was was acceptable, for lack of a better term. You know, actually, you, people would, would go outside often. They'd sit on the patio. Uh, a few people came inside. You know, but summer was actually acceptable, and people were willing to, to get to goers and use the patio at the same time. Uh, so, so that helped decently. Uh, the other big thing that was notable is that the government funding through the CARES Act um, was instrumental in 
I think, keeping a lot of us open. Um, some folks needed it more than others. I, I had a low enough cash flow that I did have to use it quite a bit. So, yeah, it, it went okay. But, uh, you know, it, summer was okay, I guess. It wasn't great, but it was okay. <laughs> Through the CARES Act, these were uh, paycheck protection loans that you guys used to help? Yep. Okay. How did, how did yeah. those work? Do you have to pay them back? No, mine was forgiven. Uh, most of them will be fully forgiven because we used them for staff and rent and utilities, and most of it was went for, for payroll. Okay. Um, that was just take So that's... That was kind of an aim to keep people off filing for unemployment to just keep them on their employer's payroll. Uh, yeah, I think it was it was designed to help us hire back workers, but it's hard to hire back workers when you when you don't have jobs for them. So our payroll still drops notably. Okay. Um, originally, the idea was to, to hire people back at the same rates and all that kind of stuff, but it, it didn't it didn't really materialize that way. You know, if, if there's no work and you can pay them for not doing anything, you can do anything you want to from that perspective, but it didn't make sense um, to do so. So a lot of folks, a lot of business owners hung on to their, uh, you know, their, their payroll money and just kind of milked it out over time, and that's what I did as well. I used it for a number of extra weeks that way, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then rent utilities. But, yeah, it it worked pretty well for, for I guess, sustaining the business because it took payroll off my shoulders, right? It took payroll off the plate. Mm-hmm. Did the summer kind of go in waves then? Was there times that you kind of thought maybe this is going to be all right and then sometimes maybe things would slow down? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, and, and it kind of did. Um, you know, every month I'd sit down with my management team, and I, I you know, they were helping me run the store. But yeah, summer summer went okay, and then we'd, we'd sit down and talk about how much money was in the bank and what our cash spend was and, and how things are going. Most months, we said, well, we're still doing fine for now. And that was kind of, this month, we'll be fine. And that's kind of how every single month went. Just a note for the end of the show, Rock On Brewing is still open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for takeout beer sales. This has been The Student Dive, a podcast from the Daily Cardinal.